Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod with Nick and Cody coming at you with our Week 17 Thursday Night Football Preview, the last of the fantasy season. Cody, uh, hopefully to all of you out there, you have uh, some teams still alive. That means that you are in a championship round or at least a third place game. So congratulations to all of you out there. I know Cody has a very important game this weekend in our Keeper League in the uh, the championship round. So congratulations to you, sir, and good luck. How are you feeling right now? I'm definitely feeling a little bit nervous. Uh, he has a very good team, and uh, I do have a very good team, but just I don't have a good wide receiver core. I have Justin Jefferson, and uh, Christian Watson's been hanging on there as my wide receiver too, but with him uh, kind of up in the air, my next pivot down is probably Cortland Sutton. So if I'm having to roll Sutton Yikes. out there in championship week, that is uh, that is not what I love to see. So hopefully Christian Watson gets back. He gets a very plus matchup with the uh, with the Vikings. So I have no doubt I'd throw him back out there as long as he plays. But as we'll get into later, he did not practice today. So a little bit nervous about that. Uh, I know you have a game you want to introduce before we jump into that. I do just want to say if you have uh, been a loyal listener throughout the season, obviously we hope we have helped you get to uh, to the championship game or at least the third place game at the worst uh, for you. And then, um, you know, if you, you know, like, comment, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff on the social media, uh, share us with your friends, family, uh, or fantasy football, fellow fantasy football players and such, we would appreciate it, but Nick, go ahead and uh, introduce your new game. I think it'll be uh, a fun listening experience for uh, for our listeners. Yeah, so something for you guys to track while we uh, while we go along here. Yeah, we're sort of in the interest of the fantasy football podcast getting together this weekend in Kansas City for the Denver KC game. We're spending the weekend there. That is obviously where one of our podcast members, Cody Barwick, lives. So we are heading to his home turf, and uh, I think... As a part of uh, us getting together, I wanted to get a game for us to play to uh, sort of up the stakes a little bit. So uh, both of us are going to guess the length of this podcast that we are recording right now. The closer guess to the total, uh, the other person will buy a round for the rest of the fantasy football pod. We're without producer Justin today, so we'll have him play uh, when we do our full Week 17 preview and get him in on this, but... Uh, for the first round between the original podcasters, Cody and Nick, we are both going to guess the final length of the current podcast that we are recording right now. And uh, in the interest of the fact that it was my game, even though it gives Cody a slight advantage, I will go ahead and go first because that is the gentleman that I am. I'm going to go ahead and say 31 minutes right on the dot, Cody, because I'm very punctual and I feel like we can just uh, really hit that on the head and start out a uh, maybe maybe just start a tradition here with this podcast length guessing guessing game I, it could be a could be a fun one to sort of just introduce to the listeners yeah i, I love it because you're already tilting on what your first guess actually was <laughs> for those who are obviously <laughs> not uh, you and i this is take number two on the podcast for tonight and uh nick was up there a little bit higher than 32 you got the so information came, you got available right Cody, uh, any good better does. a little bit <laughs> Uh, but I, uh, I think I'm going to hold strong. I like, I like my initial guess. I'm going to stick strong at 2730. I think that, uh, we got a playoff primer. We got some best bets and then a pretty easy fantasy game, uh, due to one of them being the Tennessee Titans. So 
think we're we're probably going to get through this a little quicker than uh, than you're expecting, but I'm going to lock it in at 27:30 for this one. All righty, so let's go ahead and write those down. 27:30, 31. We'll see who's closer at the end, um, and uh, hopefully one of us will be, you know, victorious on the day here. And we'll do this again when we uh, we get Justin back as well. I feel like it'll be a little uh, a little better when we have three guys guessing. Gives us a little more versatility in the uh, the total yeah. guesses here. But before we get me, started, uh, oh, go ahead, Cody. Let me go ahead and take these news and notes. I don't need you drowning on uh, well, about, wait. about every single one. Fair enough. But <laughs> before we get started, no, too. Do slightly in like this podcast, and just because me and Cody are both Mizzou boys, just want to give a shout out to the Mizzou basketball team. Two ass kickings in a row against ranked teams, one at a neutral site, one today at home against Kentucky. Good job, boys, and a special shout out to Kobe Brown. 61 points in his last two games. You are a beast, sir. Thank you for giving me a good night tonight watching that game. And, uh, you know what, Cody? Now that you uh, you talked S, you get to go ahead and do the news and notes. So it's it's on you, bud. Go ahead. Oh, wonderful! Also, just want to shout out Kobe Brown. When you get the uh, the entire stadium chanting Kobe as you are dropping thirty, chills, that's, uh, chills. That's yeah, chills. That was pretty cool. That was a really cool moment. So uh, shout out to him and, and the entire Mizzou basketball team. And I know we also got some guys that are playing right now too. So that that could be a really dangerous team come March. So that's that's pretty exciting for. For those uh, who root for Mizzou Athletics, because the football team has done too much in recent years. Neither is the basketball team, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right, news and notes for uh, for some timekeeping save here. Derek Carr bench. Uh, Nick, I see you put some question marks here. Obviously, um, yeah, it doesn't really make too much sense. I know that they still have a shot at the playoffs, even though it's very unlikely, but I don't think Jarrett Stidham is your future. I, I don't know why that's your excuse for when you bench him, but... Do you have any commentary on this? Do you have any guesses as to or any reasoning why they, you think this is a good move or a bad move? Not necessarily. I mean, I feel like the the at the end of the day, the Raiders might just understand where they're at. They're you know, like you said, they're not technically eliminated, but I believe that their current uh, odds, if you go look at the uh, the computers that do a pretty good job of estimating how you know what kind of percentage chance you have of making the playoffs at this point, they're at point one. So they need you know. This and that team to win every single week, both of these weeks. It's it's basically impossible. Right. And uh, even if they made it, you know they're gonna they're gonna go on the road and beat Kansas City or Buffalo. Uh, I don't think so. So um, they kind of understand where they're at. They're basically playing for next year. And I think that they with this move, they're saying Derek Carr is probably not coming back. I don't really oh, see sure. how he could after he gets benched in a manner of like this where. I mean, I, I don't think Derek Carr's played his best football this year. I was sort of down on Derek Carr coming into this year just as a fantasy asset and as a football player. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really think this is his fault. I don't think the Raiders have been the team that they are because of Derek Carr. But, uh, yeah, I think this is just more of an organizational move in general and kind of just moving on from him. It was – it seems like there are some other things going on here, though. I think that's like the general point I was trying to get at because he stepped away from the team. I saw that in a post yeah, today. Good point. Um, and you know, if that is the case, it would indicate there was a disagreement between him and McDaniel or someone that's higher up in that coaching staff. So uh, it seems like there is something else going on here. Maybe an argument that kind of brought on the end of this relationship here between Carr and the Raiders, but. Who knows? Uh, hopefully we'll get some more context moving forward. But yeah, certainly seems like other factors rather than just football played a part here in Derek Carr getting benched. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Definitely some some weird stuff going on with the Raiders. But um, 
Yeah, we'll get into the fantasy impact on that in our Week 17 breakdown uh, that we'll do tomorrow. Quickly, how? Where are you looking at Devonte Adams right now? Is you, you is he still a wide receiver uh, two against the Niners? Um, I mean, I would say boom bust wide receiver two. Ugh, I mean, yeah, he, he could definitely bust decision. you. Like that's yeah, that's that's rough. That's mm. absolutely rough. But uh, let's just for for timekeeping sake here. Derrick Henry is doubtful for uh, the <laughs> Thursday night football game. This is something that we had talked about on our uh, week news. sixteen breakdown. So uh, Haskins, I mean, I shout out to Cody who bit on him in our league. So yeah, I mean, there's probably a chance he's still out there. But by the time listening to this, probably picked up. So hopefully you picked him up if you're the Henry owner or if you're RB needy. Uh, Tony Pollard questionable. We will discuss him a little bit more in the fantasy breakdown. I have some names for Nick that I'm going to throw at him. Uh, James Conner does not practice with an illness, just something to keep an eye on going into the weekend. Miles Sanders Sanders does not practice with a knee injury, also something to keep an eye on. My radar up on that one. Yeah, absolutely. I think was he uh, did he. was he limited or did he did not practice yesterday or is this something Tuesday? I don't he played play on Sunday this week, so they probably did not have a Tuesday practice. They you know the only reason they did that last week because oh, of yeah. the Saturday game. So uh this is yeah, a DNP a little concerning. I, I I don't I didn't know the you know, he had twenty one carries on Sunday, so I thought uh he was fine, didn't leave the game, but uh just definitely something to keep an eye on. He's a he's an important piece right now for fantasy owners. Absolutely. This next guy as well, Christian Watson does not practice with his hip injury. Uh, this is one that you will definitely be able to keep up with with the Fantasy Pod because I will have my eyes on Christian Watson news every single day. Seems truly Lamar Jackson. 50-50. Yeah, yep, yeah. Right now it's about yeah, it's about as fifty fifty as it'll get. Uh, Lamar Jackson does not practice with a knee injury. I think that uh, if you have Lamar at this point, you are probably you know yep. Unless you had a good pivot like Jared Goff, you probably uh, you probably miss your playoff chances. But if you're still in there, I don't think you're going to throw him throw him out there in your championship or third place game anyway. Just stick with the pivot option you've been playing with. Uh, Tua unlikely to play this weekend. I I think he's definitely out. And then Debo Samuel possible return is that for this week, Nick? I, I have not seen anything about Debo Samuel. Just saw a report that he has a chance to practice tomorrow. So uh, maybe that is this them working him back in. But I would not imagine that they would bring him back in practice if they didn't think there was a chance they'd bring him out uh, to play. So I know the Niners probably don't need him to play or to beat the. You know, Derek Carlos, Jarrett Stidham led Raiders this weekend, but uh, the fact that he's on the field means that he probably has a shot. So just keep an eye on it. Yeah, and I mean that matchup's not not the worst one to just kind of get eased back into. So I mean, they may also be not thinking at about all. It like yeah, that. Exactly. So yeah, well, that's, that is definitely interesting. Let's go ahead and jump into our playoff primer. That is our Thursday night segment this week. So uh, I'm just going to give you guys a real quick look at the playoff picture here in both the AFC and the NFC, give you the teams that have already clinched their spots, and then uh, give you all the clinching scenarios for this weekend. We'll probably do this again next week. Obviously, there'll be a lot more since it's the last week of the year. Uh, Obviously, everything's going to be decided on that day, but uh, again, we will uh, get to that next week. We might have a different segment for you as well because there's going to be less fantasy to go over. So we'll have more time to discuss the actual football impacts of the games on Sunday. Let's start with the AFC. 
Uh, I'm going to give you guys the uh, the teams that have clinched their spots so far before I get into the clinching scenarios here. So the Bills and the Chiefs have both clinched their divisions. The Bills, the AFC East, the Chiefs, the AFC West, they have both uh, secured division titles. Then there are three teams that have clinched playoff berths already. That is the Ravens, Bengals, and Chargers. That leaves two playoff berths up for grabs. But we're going to start with the Bills, and uh, we're going to work our way down with the clinching scenarios this weekend. The Bills, they can clinch home field advantage with a win and a Chiefs loss. Pretty simple for them, although they play the Bengals on the road and the Chiefs play the Broncos at home. So unlikely, but that is the way. The only way the one seed is won this week. The Chiefs cannot win it, even if they win and the, and the Bills lose because the Bills own the tiebreaker. The Bengals are the next team. They can clinch the AFC North with a win and a Ravens loss or a tie. Uh, and then uh, they basically there. So they have a one lead, one uh, one game lead over the Ravens, but they do not have the tiebreaker if things break right in the Ravens' favor. So they need uh, a win and a Ravens loss to get in there. And then there are some scenarios with ties that. I'm just I'm not even going to get into that guys because it gets very convoluted with some of these teams so just I'm going to give this disclaimer now before I continue all tie scenarios uh, I'm not getting into because they're you know it lengthens all of these previews by about four to five lines where uh, we can just keep it at keep it at where we are you know what if, if there's a tie this weekend go ahead and uh, check some of the, the the wild wacky playoff scenarios because they could come into play but there's been two all year, and they're they're just not not all. They don't happen often enough for me to talk about them. Dolphins for are sure. our next team in the AFC. They clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Jets loss, or uh, a Dolphins tie and a Steelers and a Jets loss and a Steelers loss. Uh, so the Dolphins here, they need to win and they need the Jets to lose. That's the only way that that playoff spot gets clinched this weekend. So in the AFC, no matter what, we are going to have a playoff spot up for grabs next week. Should be an interesting, uh, interesting weekend. That is going to be uh, at least that AFC South division Two title, right? And then, uh, or unless the, yep. unless the Dolphins clinch this weekend, oh, you're right. So you're right. yeah, that even even that is unlikely. So the AFC is pretty pretty close knit. They there should be a good battle for that seven seed this week, Cody. Uh, go ahead and give me your prediction for the seven seed in the AFC. I feel like there is a couple teams you could really make a good case for. Yeah, I think I am, uh, I'm going to give it to the Jets. I think they get the really? Wailing Seahawks team this week, so I think that's going to get them in the right direction. And then um, I believe, is it Week 18 is the Patriots? So let me double-check that. Uh, they play Miami. They play Miami in Week 18. Ooh, all right. Well, yeah, there you go. You probably have to win that one to get in. So we'll see what happens with Tua. Obviously, that can change some things in Week 18. But, I mean, the way things are kind of trending at this point, I like the Jets to win their last two games and sneak in the seventh seed. And then uh, I think the Jaguars are, are going to end up beating the Titans in Week 18 and, and take home the AFC South. So I think uh, I think we'll have a pretty interesting playoff picture for, for the AFC. Obviously, that Bills-Bengals game means a uh, – a whole lot for the one seed and uh, that buy for the playoffs. So that is going to be a, an amazing game for Monday Night Football. Yeah, possibly the game of the year so far coming in. Just uh, like you said, ton of playoff implications there between those two teams and a possible AFC conference title uh, game there for sure because uh, both of those teams are certainly in the playoff con- or are in a Super Bowl uh, contending conversation. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Miami. I think they get it done this weekend against New England, and uh, if the Jets don't, you know, lose this weekend at Seattle, which I think is very possible, 
then uh, I will take Miami at home just because you know they are at home and uh, the Jets have just struggled this year when they are have been away from New York. So uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins to take that seven seed. And then, Cody, uh, real quick from a Chiefs fan perspective, let's say you stay in the two seed. Who would you least like to see in that seven seed? The, the options are Miami, New England, the Jets, and the Steelers. I don't want to sound like just a cocky Chiefs fan, but uh, bring on any single one of them. I, I, I mean, none of those teams draw that much fear into me. I guess I would say Miami if Tua ends up playing just because of their playmakers. So, And, you, you know, you'd have the Tyreek Hill revenge narrative, which always just seems to give a little extra. So that, that would, would probably be, be the so one that fun. would be the scariest. But, I mean, I, I still – when I look at the two teams, I still think the Chiefs are head and shoulders above Miami. So Fair I think they're the ones that, that could probably keep up in a scoring battle. But – I, I just situationally, I don't think two has got it. So I would take the Chiefs pretty easily in that one. Fair enough. Um, let's see if that ends up playing out this weekend. Those are the playoff scenarios and the clinching scenarios for the relevant teams in the AFC. Let's move on to the NFC side here, starting off with the teams that have already clinched their divisions. That is the Vikings and the 49ers. The Vikings, the NFC North, the 49ers have clinched the NFC West. And the two team, there's only two teams that have clinched berths beyond those two. That is the Cowboys and the Eagles. So the NFC East is not clinched, but it is going to be one of these two teams. Uh, and then both of them are going to be in the playoffs. They are they're basically the loser of this this division has basically clinched the five seed as well. So they will almost certainly yep. play the winner of the NFC South on the road in week uh, the, the wild card week of the playoffs. Let's start with those Eagles. They clinch the NFC West, NFC East easily with a win. That's the easiest scenario, or a Cowboys loss. Um, so that it's pretty straightforward for the Eagles. If they win one of their last two games, they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and they win the NFC East. Uh, and they can also clinch uh, home field advantage. Um, but they, they need a little bit more for the home field advantage part of this end here. They need uh, the Vikings to lose. Or uh, the Vikings to lose and the 49ers to lose. So uh, they basically they need uh, a couple of those other teams to, to fall off just because of the tiebreaker scenarios there with the 49ers and the Vikings. But if the Eagles win one of their last two games, they have one home field advantage in, uh, in the NFC. The Giants, in their division, it's, it's very simple for them. They clinch a playoff berth with a win, and they can win either one of their last two games, and they have, you know, they have their playoff berth in the NFC. So the Giants... As questionable of a team as they've been all year, they have a really good chance to win it this week with Nick Foles coming to town uh, at home in Giants Stadium. I think, uh, you know, some NFC team is going to have a really good time taking them on at home. It would be the, the 49ers right now. That would be that would be ugly to watch Daniel Jones try to move the ball against that Niners defense in a playoff atmosphere. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yep. very easy for them as well. They clinched the NFC South with a win uh, but it's not so easy for them. They need to win this game because if they lose to the Panthers, they have lost uh, you know, control of their own destiny at that point. The Panthers would have the tiebreaker, and uh, a win next week would not get them in. So they, they need to win this game, and if they do, they clinch the South. Uh, but if they don't win, then even a win next week will not win them the division. They need, the, you know, they need a win next week coupled with a Panthers loss. Yeah, let's go Panthers. Sam Darnold, NFL playoff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be that would be amazing to watch Tom Brady just fall apart like that in his last season, especially one of the first years I've ever drafted him in his you know fifty-five year career. 
The Commanders are the last team uh, that can clinch a playoff berth this weekend. It's a little bit tougher for them, though. They need a couple other things to happen in, uh, you know, in addition to a win. Uh, the Actually, I completely overlooked that piece of news. Carson Wentz is going to be starting for them this weekend. I apologize, guys. We'll get more into that again uh, when we do our full preview. But they clinch a playoff berth with a win, a Seahawks loss, a Lions loss, and a Packers loss. So the Commanders... They the easier you know the easier way to say this for them if they win their last two games they're in uh, especially because they play a Dallas team next week that might not be playing for much if the Eagles can beat the Saints this weekend uh, so if they do that they're in or if uh, you know all those other three teams lose this weekend and they can pull off the win against the Browns at home they are in those are the playoff scenarios for you guys for the NFC and AFC and Cody go ahead and give me your prediction for the seven seed in the NFC I guess you can give me your Prediction for the six seed as well, because that's uh, also undetermined. Yeah, six seed, I'm going to give it to the Giants. I think that uh, yeah. getting Nick Foles in New York this week, if that's you lose that one. game, yeah, you can't you can't lose that and be a playoff team. So that one should be an easy win for them. And then uh, for the seven seed, give me the Packers. Let's have them win out. Let's get them sneaking in. Let's just get that kind of brewing up. A nice Vikings-Packers uh, first-round playoff game. That would be a lot of fun. And then um, I do want to say for the – NFC South, give me the uh, give me the Panthers. I want I want the Panthers to win these next two games and, and sneak into the playoffs. I think that would just be amazing. Yeah, unfortunately, I think Tom Brady is going to get it done this weekend against that Panthers team. Uh, they uh, the biggest strength that they have is playing good. They have been the biggest strength they have is running the ball though, and that Buccaneers front has been you know a little shaky lately. But that is the strength of their defense. So. Not going to trust Sam Darnold on the road against the GOAT as uh, you know as bad as he's looked, especially these last few weeks. I'm still going to take the Bucs to win that division. The Giants can't can't argue with that matchup at home against Nick Foles. That, just, that should be an auto win for them. And then uh, for the seventh seed, I'm taking the Lions. I believe in them. I, I, I like this team a lot. And I honestly, this is probably just hope because I think the – you know, if they the two seed, if that ends up being Minnesota, man, I mean, they, they might even be favored in that game on the road uh, in that wild card round. So <laughs> that would be that'd be fun to watch them make a little bit of a run in the playoffs. That would be fun for sure, and give Jared Goff some respect. I'd love to see that too. Hundred percent. So, guys, those are the playoff scenarios for the AFC and AFC this weekend. Again, we'll probably go over those again next week just to give you guys an idea of what to look out for. Let's go ahead and move into the Thursday night football best bets. I'm going to be honest, Cody. This game was a hard one. Uh, there's a few obviously injuries that we're dealing with with two very important players in this game, Derrick Henry and Tony Pollard. So, a lot of my uh, you know parlays involving those two were. You know, ones that I wanted to avoid just because I don't know their status, especially Henry looks very questionable. So uh, right now, the line, Dallas, minus 12. The over-under is 39.5. That leaves almost nothing for the Titans' side with Malik Willis under center. I think I'm still taking Dallas minus 12 in this one, and then I'm taking the over on 39.5. I just think that Dallas is, you know, a much better team than Tennessee at this point, as good as Mike Vrabel is. Uh, I, I just can't see, you know, a team that lost to Houston at home last week getting past this Dallas team that actually has something to play for. Uh, I don't know how you feel, Cody, but I'd take Dallas minus 12 if I was pushed to it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I already put a bet in on Titans plus 12 and a half on FanDuel, so I'm, I'm on the opposite Alrighty. side of this Team Vrabel. Yeah, Team Vrabel, this is definitely a uh, rah-rah Team Vrabel kind of situation here. So 
I expect Titans to come out, they play very physical, grinded out football, probably a lot of running for them with uh, Haskins and Malik Willis. So expect that clock to keep moving, um, especially with Dallas. Like you said, they don't have too much to play for. Uh, obviously the one seed, but not the one seed, the the NFC East, but they can get the very one seed. unlikely there. Uh, and unlikely, they could also yeah, like get the said. one seed. Um, so I, I imagine this game just is a little closer. I would wait to see if, you know, if Henry gets downgraded out, you know, tomorrow afternoon, this, you may get an extra point of value. So if you like the Tennessee side, I may just wait until you officially get that news. And then, um, yeah, I understand taking the over. I mean, 39 and a half is pretty low. Dallas has actually been giving up quite a bit of points on the defensive side recently as well. Um, but you know, the, the prime time over under, you know, the unders are at 59% this year. So, and Tennessee has been hitting the under at a 66% rate this year. So just, I'd probably take the under Oof. just go riding with the trends, but stats, it's, it's, uh, Love it. yeah, yeah. I had to bring them out, Ooh. man. You know, my prime time unders gotta, gotta Ooh. get them ready. So but I'm on the opposite sides, but I understand. I mean, if you, if you like Dallas minus 12, doesn't seem too bad against this Tennessee team. That's you know, not playing for much this week. Fair enough. Yeah, I think Dallas might be able to cover about 35 of those 40 points that you need. That's the only reason that I am thinking the over my cash here. But um, right. let me get into the best bets here that I have for you. Again, not a ton that I loved this week because uh, most of the parlays that I could find on DraftKings were involving two players I did not want to include. Uh, but anyway, so these are the ones that I liked. My first one, Cody's not going to like it a ton uh, because of the way he thinks this game is going to go, but we've got a Dallas win. That should be a lock over 39.5. Again, I think that's better than a coin flip odd. And then an odd score, which is a perfect coin flip odd uh, for an NFL game. Actually, slightly better than a coin flip because of the way NFL scoring works. At plus 295. So if you are, you know, if you're, if you're doing two coin flips, you have a 25% chance that comes true. That is a three to one bet uh, for Vegas. And this is just under a three to three to one bet. Uh, I'm just including the Dallas win as a no brainer here. And then the other two as coin flips, but I think they're slightly better than coin flips. So I'll take plus two ninety five odds uh, at this bet here. That, again, that's a Dallas win over 39 and a half. And then the total score adding up to an odd number. Yep. I'd say that's a good, it's a good, uh, I like the way you explain that. It's it's good value. My next one here uh, is going to be very straightforward. That's Dallas minus 20 and a half. So they need to win by three touchdowns. That's at plus 247. Again, uh, I just think that when Dallas wins, they kind of they kind of run away with it. They, they've, they boat raced a few teams this year, and they have averaged 36 points per game since Dak has come back from injury. Malik Willis has scored 14 and 17 in his two starts. One of those games was against the Kansas City defense, uh, bottom 10 in the league in points per game. And the other one was against the Houston Texans defense, also bottom 10 in the league in points per game. The Dallas Cowboys very much not on that side of things. They are top five in points per game allowed uh, so far this year. So I think they could win and they could win by a lot. Yep. If you, like I said, if you are someone who's on the Dallas side, might as well ramp up the points because this is definitely big time blowout potential. Um, I have a, a different best bets. If you are more on the Titans side, first one is going to be a CD lamb, anytime touchdown CD lamb over 70 receiving yards. And then the Titans plus 12 and a half at plus five ninety. 
Um, again, to see this game probably playing out a little slightly differently than Nick does, so I just like the value that I'm getting there. CeeDee Lamb should be able to, you know, torch this Titans secondary, so um, I expect him to have a pretty good game. Um, and then I'll throw out my last one as well. This one's more of just a joke, but, you know, if you like, I love if you like long shots, Titans money line and Dalton Schultz first uh, first touchdown of the night plus eight thousand seven hundred seventy. So fantastic uh, for those to reference. If you bet ten dollars, you'd win eight hundred seventy seven dollars. So uh, obviously not. You know, you're, it's a very long, a very big long shot, but for only a two leg parlay, you're not you know not looking at a bunch of different things to get you there. So. You gotta have a lot of faith in Mike Vrabel, but if uh, if you do, then uh, <laughs> then this would be your parlay to go with. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Actually, that that's an interesting one. It looks like one that you built yourself too. So so props, Cody. I I uh, I applaud that. That is something I could. Say. I just I love the ones that are these big of long shots with you know only two or three variables because once you get into six or seven, it's just. You know, it feels almost impossible, but there's only two things need to happen here, and they're both yep. not incredibly unlikely. So, very good job here. For sure. Yeah, Dalton Schultz, first-time touchdown, that alone is plus 1,000 odds. So, if you uh, if you were rooting for a Schultz touchdown for fantasy purposes and want to try and make some extra money on it, plus 1,000 on FanDuel, I found pretty surprising. Yeah, I would expect that to be a little uh, And you already smoked well. me on the time, so we might as well just take our time going through the rest of these previews. Yes, now. I no did. Need, no need to Woo! rush anymore. So. <laughs> First drink's going to taste right. good. Yep. All right, let's jump into the fantasy preview here. Obviously, Dallas at Tennessee. Uh, like we mentioned before, Dallas favored by 12, over under 39 and a half. Uh, going to just switch this up a little bit. I didn't go by team. I just went by position, but I think we'll get through this pretty quickly anyway. I think Dak, Dak Prescott's probably one of my favorite plays of the week at the quarterback position. Uh, obviously, you always have that concern of if they're going to need him very much, but Tennessee has that pass funnel defense. They, they've, they'll they give it up to the pass all day. They just really emphasize stopping the run. So uh, I think you know, after Mahomes, Allen, Fields, Burrow, and then Jared Goff, but that's a huge bias. Not gonna lie, I would uh, I'd start Dak. You know, unless I'm playing one of those other guys. Yeah, um, he has a great matchup, like you said. Uh, the only worry is that you get the uh, you know Justin Herbert week of last week, where the Colts just scored three points and he was completely unnecessary. But uh, you know, I I've had kind of some of these games earlier this year where he played Chicago. I didn't recommend him because I figured something similar to that would happen. He had a great day, so it, it's all going to come down to whether he gets the first couple touchdowns. But um, like like you said, with this pass funnel defense, he's got a good chance to do that. Yeah, and then Malik Willis is uh, not even an option in two QB no. leagues unless you're just in some kind of weird situation. Uh, the running back room, this is where it gets a little bit more interesting. Uh, Zeke, for one, is just he's, he's locked and loaded, locked and loaded regardless of Pollard's status. Uh, if Pollard does end up being out for this game, then Zeke gets a pretty big uh, bump up as he would become the workhorse. So uh, Zeke manager should be pretty happy this week. Even though it is a tough matchup, I think Zeke's going to get the majority of the work either way. So he's he's still a must start. And then Pollard, I think I'm I'm probably leaning towards sitting Pollard, but I have a couple names I want to throw your way, Nick, and see see where you're at. Uh, would you play Tony Pollard or Cam Akers this week? Oh man, um, that is a disgusting question. Uh, I I think I'm going to stick with Pollard. I I. You know, made this point on our show last night that I am actually scared of Pollard just because of the way this game could go. If Dallas gets out to a big lead, they could rest Pollard if he's hurting. 
But he's been so good this year, and you're going to feel like a a fool if you leave Pollard on your bench and he does what he's been doing and you lose because of it and you play Cam Akers instead of him. So I don't think I could pivot that low, but I would consider it if you have a decent option. What about a Hassan Haskins or a Tyler Algier? That's that this this Hassan Haskins. No, it hurts me because I have this exact decision to make this weekend in my championship match. I have Tony Pollard. I got Hassan Haskins on waivers thanks to Cody's recommendation yesterday. And I, Cody, I can tell you, I have no idea what to do here. I uh, I think I'm just going to need. I, I'm going to cop out a little bit and say that. I'm going to run this up to game time and hopefully get some sort of update. I think if Pollard's in, I'm just going to play him. But, uh, yeah, if I get an update that says Pollard's going to be limited, then I might pivot to Haskins. I am very close on this one. I think Algier, yeah, I am, uh, Algier I'm playing over both these guys straight up, 100%. Cool. I, I think, yeah, I'm there with you on Algier. Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you, though, with the Pollard and Haskins situation. It's I so am, close. Uh, I'm in my, in my third place matchup. I have both those guys, and uh, I, I didn't realize third place in my work league was for three bones. So, still trying hard to win that one. Um, but let's go ahead and pivot over here to Hassan Haskins. Uh, at this time, I'm going to, you know, Derek Henry's doubtful. Doubtful is if out. You have him. You just, Doubtful's yeah, out. You got to. I mean, why do they have doubtful, Cody? It's it's out. I, exactly. There's no point. Yeah, plan to be without him, and as soon as he gets moved out, you can move him to your IR, the the better for fantasy owners. Um, Haskins, like we've been mentioning, is probably your easiest pivot if you had grabbed him. Um, but with Hassan Haskins, I, I, I'm thinking you know, low-end RB2 value. Um, I, one thing that's good about him is he was receiving uh, the receiving work when him and Henry were the one and two the past few weeks, so – I think he could have a solid day against Dallas, but it, it's just scary. You know, you're still, like you said, with the Colts situation last week, you may just have, you know, a, a non-NFL quarterback play and, and, and the offense just doesn't move very much. So, yeah, the, I think it's still a little risky, but I'm going to call him a low-end RB2 as of right now. Yeah, low-end RB2 is a good range. The floor is super low. That It does scare the scare the pants off you a little bit with Haskins because he, um, like you said, he, he was getting the receiving work, but... He could also just step into that Derrick Henry role and then have, you know, their whatever whoever their backup running back is step into the third down role because Haskins himself did not profile as a pass catcher coming in. So it just kind of seemed like that they like the way this offense is structured when they have their guy that is the hammer. Uh, obviously Henry is that guy when they're healthy, and then having a guy to come in and, you know, spell him on passing downs. So maybe they if they structure it that way, Haskins is probably gonna need to score or, you know, gain over a hundred yards to be useful for you. And uh if if Dallas dominates the game like the way I think they can, then it, it might not happen for him. But he should get a lot of work and that's kinda of hard to ignore at this time of year. So it's you know, just realize it could be fifteen carries for forty seven yards, but you know, you could also get twenty for a hundred and a score, and that'll make you real happy if he does. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm starting him in our uh, in the mini dynasty championship. I think I'm going to play him over uh, certainly over on the Jeff radar. Wilson and uh, yeah, oh, over Wilson, over Jeff Wilson, over a couple other guys that I have. So um, that is that is good there. Um, let's go to the wide receivers. CD Lamb, he's a must start always. This is a great matchup, so this is uh, this is a must you know great play for him in the championship round. 
Michael Gallup, I'm definitely kind of scared off of. T.Y. Hilton kind of like became a factor last week, may, may become more of a factor as he gets worked in. Um, so I think any wide receiver past C.D. Lamb is just touchdown or bust. So unless you are just in a deep league and he's like your second flex or something, I'm probably avoiding Michael Gallup. And then, uh, you know, Traylon Burks, just to get him out of the way, you just can't do it with Malik Willis. It's as simple as that. Yeah, Burks is a non-option. Uh, Gallup, like you said, is the only one that's even in lineup uh, purgatory here. And I'm trying to stay away from him uh, for some of the reasons you said. Hilton getting worked in scares me. Noah Brown always has the chance to pop up. But uh, this just could be, again, the, the low-volume pass game from the Cowboys, or at least the potential of it, is scary for Gallup. He has you know one catch for 10-yard potential. He can score a touchdown or two, but you know, you're, if you're – you know, a huge underdog and need to throw Gallup in there and hope for two touchdowns, go ahead. But if you are, you know, in a close matchup, I would try to find someone else. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think he's he's a pretty low-level play, but I understand in some leagues you're just kind of going to – you're going to be stuck playing him in the situation that you're in. But if you are, it's basically just hoping for a couple catches and, and one of those being in the end zone. 100%. Um, Tight ends this week, I think on the Tennessee Titans, you know, same thing with Burks. You're not going to play a combo nope. when you have Malik Willis. And then on the uh, Dallas side, uh, I will say Dalton Schultz. I mean, if you have been playing him, he's probably locked and loaded in your lineup. But he has been a pretty big disappointment through the first two weeks of the playoffs. So, you know, if you've been winning despite him, you're probably rolling with him this matchup. Uh, is there any streaming level tight end that you're willing to take a risk on over Schultz or just trust the process and hope he has a better game against Tennessee? I think Evan Ingram, if he was a streaming tight end a couple weeks ago and you picked him up, I'd go ahead and play him over Schultz just because he's had a hot hand and he's been getting a ton of targets in that Jacksonville offense getting, you know, like he just has more explosiveness. He has more, you know, he can take a screen pass for 25 yards where Schultz just is not really that type of player. He doesn't get much yak. Uh, that is yards after catch. He just he kind of catches the ball and gets tackled because he you know he runs good routes, gets in good position, and he's big, but he does not have a ton of athleticism. Been very disappointing, though, for sure. Like you said, I mean, they have scored 74 points the last two weeks, and I believe he has totaled five catches for about 70 yards combined. So very disappointing, but, you know, he's still a big part of this offense. I think you got to roll him out there, like you said, if you have him. Almost certainly, unless you picked up a really high-level uh, guy like an Evan Ingram. I would have said maybe a Darren Waller, but uh, with Jared Stidham, no thank you. Maybe Dallas Goddard, I'd yeah. probably play him too over Schultz. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think that this is actually a good you know, a good lesson for the following years in fantasy football. Even when you have you know one of these locked-in guys that you'd consider like Dalton Schultz, uh, when there's a, a hot hand like Evan Ingram that, that finds himself on the waiver wire late in the season, it's always worth, up. you know, just picking those guys mm -hmm. up and adding them. Because, uh, I, you know, in my situation, I mean, I had Mark Andrews, who I thought there's no chance I'd, you know, sub him out, even if someone was a hot hand. And I think if I would have played Evan Ingram last week in my champion or my semifinal round, if I would have been able just to pick him up, I would have uh, would have found a way to win that one. So. Um, just little things like that that you wouldn't expect to make those pivots. Sometimes you just got to ride hot hands in fantasy football. So if you if you have an Evan Ingram, you could definitely play him over a Schultz. Um, one guy I think's kind of interesting. Is there any way you'd play Taysom Hill over Dalton Schultz, or is that just too far down for you? Um, the Saints play the they play the Eagles. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Absolutely not. Uh, I'm taking okay. Schultz and non PPR. I'm still going Schultz, but I guess it's more of a discussion. But any other format, you have to take Schultz. 
Yep, I think I think I'm right there with you for sure. Well, cool. That's going to wrap up our fantasy uh, fantasy forecast for the Thursday night football game. Like uh, like we said earlier, tomorrow we will release the full week 17 preview, preview previewing the uh, other 15 matchups this weekend. Uh, Nick, you are one up in the uh, time guessing game that we are going to get started here. So congrats on that. But uh, good luck. I am going to just guess a very long time tomorrow and just get some really in-depth analysis. And just the listeners are going to love it. It's going to be about two and a half hours long. Well, Cody, unfortunately for you, since I went first today, you're going to have to go first tomorrow. So I will be able to, you know, uh, combat your time guessing uh, with whatever... You know, whatever time you give me, I can go higher. So just just realize that when you're guessing tomorrow. All right. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. Peace out, everybody. See ya.